What's up, guys? I'm TJ Trepanier, and this is the Rudd's Racing Unlocked Podcast, where we will be discussing all aspects of racing and what it takes to get out on the track. What's going on, guys? My name is TJ, and I'm here with the Rudd's Racing Unlocked Podcast. So what we're going to be doing today is I'm going to introduce you to DJ Rudzinski, who is going to be the owner of Rudd's Racing, and we're kind of going to go over a little bit of exactly what this podcast is going to consist so what we're going to be talking about is a lot of drag racing street or track road racing circle track racing drifting you know we're going to be trying to get out to as many events as we can to provide as much content as we can so it's not only going to consist with just that type of content what we're going to be going into is also what ruds racing has going on at the shop it's going to be a lot of what their new products are, what their builds are going on, um, any race events that we'll be content or cons- will be going to as a team, and it'll be a lot of, you know, having friends over, just you know, bullshitting, having some drinks, and talking about what we've done in the past and what we're going to be doing in the future. So let me bring in DJ here, my good friend at Rudd's Racing. He is the owner. What's going on, man? What's up, everybody? What's going on? So what do you want to go on? What do you want to kind of go over right now? Well, I think as we talked about, this first podcast kind of needs to really introduce everybody to us. Um, I don't want to say we're a new shop. We've been doing this shit for a long time. Um, But, you know, we're new to a lot of people. So let's just kind of let them in on us as a shop together and a crew, you know, like started this business, you know, a while ago, but you know, now it's really taken off. So let's just kind of get things going. So I got some questions for you. We'll just start off by introducing you. So let her rip. So, so TJ forgot to tell you in the beginning of the show, he is the host. He's <laughs> the main host here. So I'm just a co-host. Um, the podcast is sponsored by Rudd's racing and, um, we're going to do everything we can to keep this going. So questions for you, TJ. Um, What's your role here with Rudd's Racing? So my role with Rudd's Racing has just kind of been introduced. I am going to be more of the media guy. You know, anything with pictures, obviously with the podcast, I'm going to be the main host. Um, And just kind of being out at as many races as I can, trying to help out as much as I can at the shop and going forward that way. Uh, It's kind of a new development here. So we are taking it one day at a time and seeing exactly what we need to do with it. Yeah, it's definitely... uh Definitely going to take us some time to get used to this stuff because uh, we're not exactly media professionals. None of us went to school for this, so we just like to fuck around, and here we are. One so, day at a time, my friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right, well, so that kind of introduced you to the team, but what got you into cars? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I started off working as a mechanic at Renzi's Auto Repair, so I started doing stuff like that, and then I got introduced to 1.6, which was Mark, obviously, and then that's how I met you there and then that was kind of the downfall of my paycheck so <laughs> <laughs> damn so, i didn't know it was that recent yeah it was it, it was actually a, hasn't been too long no it hasn't been too long what like eight years or something like that yeah probably not even i mean i worked for one six for you know like six years and that was yeah so fuck actually probably was <laughs> probably was eight years ago I, I might have met you before i don't know i don't I maybe don't, at the track or some point maybe time or two but we didn't really become friends until no. like we started building your shit and yeah realizing that you want to have fun so the eg was when it really started and then yeah blew, blew that up a couple of times well tell everyone tell go ahead tell everyone about that car uh so i had a i had a hatch so i had a 95 hatch that i was drag racing for a little bit it was just a simple um block guard 
uh, rod piston kind of setup with the 6262. Um, ended up having a buddy wrap it around a tree. Mm. So we, <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, so we had to pull everything out of that and then put it into my new one that I have, which is a white EG that we have been kind of consistently pulling apart, putting back together, pulling apart, figuring out issues, doing <laughs> everything. Yeah. So we, um, that ended up being a low 10 second car. And then I had the great idea to try to make it into a nine second car. And that's when all the issues arised and then ended up dropping a valve on that bad boy. And we kind of pushed away from the drag racing for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it gets, it gets tough, you know, not everyone can, you know, chuck a motor or chuck a transmission and just get right back into it. You know, sometimes you got to, you got to take a break, otherwise you get burned out. So one thing morning. about that EG2 is that was actually the very first Reds Racing customer roll cage. Yes, it so. was. Yes, it was. We still got pictures of that. Yep. TJ was nice enough to uh, give me a chance. And when I started this business, he was, he was customer number one. So we became better friends because of that, I think. And you were living off that highway. So, yeah. you know, I can't back a trailer in for anything. Oh, yeah, so that was <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's where the driving through my grass all started. Yeah, well, the the city was taking it over anyway, yeah. so it didn't really matter. Shout out to Pepsi on that one. <laughs> up my grass. Anyway, so hey, I got another question for you. Now that people know um, a little bit about you, since you joined our team, what about it has made racing easier, or how has the process been to go racing since you've kind of you know joined the Ruds Racing crew? So for any aspect of racing, what I've found out, especially lately, has there's nothing really easy about it. But when you surround yourself around the right people and the right crew, it makes it so much easier and fun to kind of go out and do everything. So as I come into it, I, like I said, I dropped the valve on my white EG, which was gonna turn into more of a, um, a road course car, which was what what's the plan for this year. Um, DJ was good enough. He decided he wanted to sell a circle track car. So I said, all right, yeah, I'll buy the circle track car and we'll go from there. And he was nice enough to hook me up with Andy, which Andy had extra suspension and then all this other stuff. I ended up buying the motor that was in it and we hooked it up. So I was able to go out into, you know, what, three different events that we had yeah, this year? We, we did three within the past couple of months already with it and we're doing another one this weekend. Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm kind of getting at is like for anyone out there that wants to race, like TJ isn't any different than you guys. Yes, I've been friends with him, but you know, he can kind of contest firsthand of what we as a shop here do to help you guys get into racing. You know, I'm not going to lie. I offered someone to borrow my motor, you mm -hmm. know, Hey, you want to go racing or you need to get to work tomorrow? You know, I'm not going to do that for everybody, but if you're in a pinch, you know, I'm a pretty straight up guy. So if you need help, we're here to help you with anything. So you want to, you know, launch your tires to go racing. You want to do this, do that. We always have a solution for everything. So having a solution for you, I feel like was like, here, I got you this car. Let's go race. You know, let's, let's go, let's get out there. And what has it been like actually going to events versus just talking about it, you know? Yeah. Well, going back to what you were just saying, Rudd's Racing is a family organization. So, and you feel that every time you even walk into the shop and that's kind of what has brought me even closer to them. Um, and then getting back into what it's been like going racing, it's been fucking crazy, man. It's been a whole different kind of experience. I thought drag racing was cool. And then we'd start getting into this crap. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's, it's a whole different. Drag racing's awesome. Don't give us, don't, we're not talking shit about drag racing. <laughs> but but the, the road course stuff, man, it, the, getting the car set up and then being out on the track for a good 20 minutes and really just beating the hell out of the car and having a great time and then coming back and 
you know, talking with your buddies, like, oh, yeah, what's your time that you ran? Like, what'd you do wrong? And that type of shit. And then, you know, also riding and bitch seat, like you <laughs> say. <laughs> you, hey, that's it, the best way, man. I mean, just get in the car and see what it's like. Yeah. It, know, that's a whole different experience. It's been, honestly, it's been kind of life-changing for me. I've, I've just recently been married, so bringing my wife into it, too, and seeing that she enjoys it. She's kind of been taking the pictures as we've been out there. So seeing her enjoy it and everybody else, like, get into it and seeing how everybody's so joined together. It's just cool to be there with your friends. And, you know, we all become more than friends. You know, we're at the racetrack, let's just say the event that doesn't exist. Um, Everybody out there, you know, wants to be friends. You know, everyone out there is coming up, hey, that was awesome. That was a good time. You know, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. So it's just cool. It's different type, I feel like drag racing is a little bit less of like a family thing you know like it's more of like a i want to be faster than you much more competitive when it yeah. comes down to that aspect of it yeah. but like you were saying there's i didn't see there's been no negativity out there uh, it's been nothing but everybody yeah. coming up like hey i seen you going over in turn one and you need to do this a little bit yeah, more. everyone tries to help each other yeah so, and that's that's a lot about what our what our plans for the racing team is you know yeah. we, do, we want to help everybody mm-hmm. we we get people who haven't been racing for 20 years you need help you have questions like that's kind of what this podcast is going to do. Hopefully it help answer some questions about racing and how to get into racing. Like, And then with that as well, because I'm so new with it, it's going to be a good thing for if anybody comes in that's new or anything around those lines. Like I am you're bare, fresh. bare you're bones, fresh. bare yeah. bones out here. Oh, so. yeah, you're fresh. You're, you're pretty much, we'll call it year one, even though you did race at my wedding. But Yeah, that was, I kind of bitched out a little bit on a lot of those. Yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever. Well, then I guess the cat's probably out the bag, but what was your favorite track event so far? Um, West Michigan. Yeah. I'm telling you, West Michigan was the best. Yeah, the event um, that doesn't exist for people out yeah, there. Yeah, nobody actually knows about that one. But it was, I mean, it wasn't as packed as all the ones, and everybody was really just there to kind of kick it, have fun, yeah. have a few drinks. I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> pound 23 beers or someone. And it was, that was <laughs> yeah. one night. It's not a big deal. <laughs> uh, cool. The last question I had before we'll start getting into, you know, my whole story here is uh, what's the future build plans? Future build plans, that EG is going to be K-Swap. Okay. It's got to get that K24 in here. It we, definitely needs that. We've been talking about this probably all year now. Yeah. Probably all year. But We're going to redo the cage, too. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be on us. Since he was the first the first one, I'm not exactly happy with it anymore since my uh, my level has progressed since I've done over, <laughs> over 200 cages since then. But... You we're never would have guessed that. We're going to, yeah, no. We're <laughs> going to get him hooked up for sure on a new one. But, yeah, case swap. What about the okay. single track car? What's plans with that? Um, I think we're going to keep that pretty pretty much the same. We're going to see after this weekend, which we'll talk a little bit more towards the end of this podcast of kind of what we have going on. But after this weekend at Wilma, we'll kind of see exactly what we want to do. That motor is strong. So, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of hard to get away from something that works. Yeah, no, it, that car is turnkey for sure. Yeah. So, we'll we'll keep talking about that. And then we'll keep going each podcast. What we're going to keep doing is just updating cars, updating kind of our lives and everything that's going on. Cool. All right. So we're going to transition now into introducing more of what DJ does, kind of how he's built this business and what's been going on with him. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, kind of where you grew up, what were your hobbies growing up, exactly what got you into the point where you're like, yeah, I want to kind of transform into a you know, building cars and doing that type of stuff. All right. Well, I guess we'll start in the beginning. So what got me into Hondas in general, um, well, I should say cars in general, my era, Fast and the Furious for sure. <laughs> Everybody, it, I feel like. That, <laughs> the, the black EG, you know, with the green lights, yeah. it's like, 
dude, mom, I have to have that. And yeah. she's like, you can't even fucking drive yet. What do you mean you got to have that? <laughs> so that's what just, it just sparked my interest, right? That was just, you know, just the starting of it. Nothing obviously happened for a few years after that. <clears throat> In high school, um, my mom, her dad had a S10 and it was manual. Oh. So I had no idea how to drive stick. You know, I'm 15 years old. My mom brings this truck home for me and she said, hey, you got to learn how to drive stick. I'm like, oh boy. Hey, you know, I, those uh, are kind of the better ones to drive sick to start it off with. A little you know, bit, it a was little. a four-cylinder S10. wasn't bad. It wasn't rusty. It wasn't a piece of shit. It was really nice, actually. Um, my mom didn't even really know how to drive stick. She tells me she did, but she was able to get it home. But she'll she'll <laughs> she'll probably deny this. But she blew a red light. She didn't want to restart in first gear. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. So I had that car. You know, Fast and the Furious. I put a muffler on it, and my, my brother. He was into cars and he was more into trucks. Um, uh, my brother Jay, mm-hmm. he's the middle of the three of us. Um, yeah, so he helped me weld on a AAA racing muffler I got from AutoZone, and I put that bitch on there. And man, I thought I was hot shit. I had the green, so the truck was black, mm-hmm. obviously. Fast and the Furious. I bought the green neons. Oh, God. Put the AAA racing muffler on it, dude. <laughs> I thought I was king shit. Tinted the windows. Um, yeah, you can ask any one of my friends in high school. I thought I was the coolest shit since sliced bread. Yeah, well, when it comes in a, in high school, when you got an oh, yeah. exhaust and fucking stick car, oh, yeah. you think you're, especially with the neons, you oh, thought yeah. you were really uh, kicking dude, it. <laughs> I drove around with those neons on. I'm surprised I didn't burn out how much I had them on. Yeah. I had them on during the day. You couldn't even see them. <laughs> it's but, all part of it. <laughs> you know, that got me interested in, like, modifying it. You know, people ask me, because the transmission whined. It had a real bad whine. It was manual, but for some reason, it just whined. People like, dude, is that thing supercharged? And I'm like yeah sure, yeah sure. <laughs> no nah, it, it wasn't but you know it got me thinking like hey i should you know i want to modify it and then i realized like you know modifying an s10 four-cylinder probably isn't what i want i'm like hey ma i want to i want a car that i can modify you know like i'm young my mom was awesome she worked so hard to make sure that i didn't have to i had a shitty ass job at kmart but you know my parents did what they could for me so i was like hey ma you know i really want to get into modifying cars and working on cars but I don't feel like this S10 is the right one for me. Can I sell it and get something different? Well, we ended up <laughs> we ended up getting a my mom brought home like a 91 Grand Am. <laughs> Dude, it was the lamest thing ever, but like she was jacked on it. Only had like 40,000 miles and like it was mint, but was it, the it was V6 like or is No, it was a four cylinder. Yeah, it was automatic and it was just it just didn't work out. Yeah. It was just like I didn't say no. Hey, this isn't what I want. I was a very respectful. Like, oh, thank you. You know, this is. Yeah. But I told her, hey, I want to get a Civic. You yeah. know, I think that's what I want. So, long story short, something happened to where my stepdad had felt really bad. Something. I think. Honestly, I think he might have forgot my birthday. But, like, <laughs> I didn't even really care. Like, I love my stepdad. He's, you know, the best thing that's ever come into our family. So, he was just. He just felt really shitty, and like, I didn't even know why he felt bad. Like. Mm-hmm. Dude, it was just a birthday. It was a regular ass thing. Like, yeah. nothing big deal. So anyways, he's like, I know you want a project car. I think it'd be good for you. Which one you want? So that's kind of how it went. Hole. Down yeah. the rabbit hole. Here we and go. Then, <laughs> and then here we went. So my first car was a, it was a 1997 Honda Civic that two weeks before actually buying it, I saw it, and I was at the skate park driving, and I was like, yo, Sam, I want that car. I think sick. And then, no bullshit, two weeks later, I actually got to buy it. Really? Yeah. It, I didn't even know it was for sale. It was just driving past the, the skate park. Yeah. It's it crazy was, how those things work out like I know, that. dude. Like, it's what? trippy. <laughs> and so, anyways, I get the Civic, 
and it's awesome. It's it's slammed. It's got 17s. They're gold. <laughs> People are coming up to me telling my wheels are crispy. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm super <laughs> excited. It's got a single cam, had all the bolt-on mods. It was just awesome. Like, yeah. I just loved that car, and I still do. Like, if anyone out there has my Civic, name your price because I'm going to try and get that thing. But <laughs> you can I'm contact sure, him at RudsRacing.com. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's long gone. So, anyways, that's what started that. You know, obviously, through the rabbit hole we go yeah. all through high school. My close friends, we all started modifying Civics. Mm-hmm. We had a little group called Water for Tuners. Um, yeah, it's still on the circle track car. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Water for Tuners was me, uh, my buddy Jared, my buddy Jack, um, our old friend Gabe, uh, a couple other people, Aaron with his Mustang. You know, we kind of all considered ourselves like the Water for Tuners, even though we weren't all like modded cars but we were just a bunch of friends of us i was about to say aaron showed up and he was showing pictures of having that waterford t-shirt he's like you're not day one unless you got this i'm like ah come on man that's that's day one so my so my thing was i always wanted to modify cars with my friends i my whole life i wanted to build cool shit with my friends and dude we built so much shit i mean i could sit here and talk about the stuff i've done for ages i'm sure it bore the fuck out of people but (laughs) so we were building cars and in all through high school, and then I went to UTI. That was a mistake. But I wanted to be actually a machine operator. My mom told me, you can't do that. There's no work. I think she really just didn't want me to leave. Yeah. Because, you know, machine operator, heavy equipment operator is what I wanted to be in. You know, they have to travel for where the work is. What brought you into wanting to do that? I just like playing with shit. Yeah. I don't know. And when I was 16 in high school, I got this job at a construction site, just kind of like under the table type shit. Mm-hmm. But he let me drive the loader and the skid steer. And I felt like I was just kind of good at it, like naturally. And like, I just like, I love big shit. Like I'm mm-hmm. that lame guy that at night goes on Netflix and like watches like mega machines or like something <laughs> like super lame that like, you know, I don't even want to admit, but I think that shit's interesting. I don't know why. Like every time I drive past an airport, I look at a big ass plane. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, that'd be kind of cool to work on. Like I like big shit. But yet I work on small ass Hondas. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's it's two different spectrums right there. Yeah, yeah. I guess the Honda thing is more or less because I like to take the underdogs and make them fast. Okay. That's kind of where that came from. But yeah, so my mom's like, "No, you can't do that." I'm like, "Well, fucking, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna work on cars for a living then." And I kind of always wanted to start my own shop. So I always had a dream of, you know, in Waterford somewhere having a performance shop that was like one six because mm-hmm. i i never had thought that i would work at one six so i was like i'm gonna start my own shop up there yada yada that's my dream so i'm like, I'm gonna go to uti i'm gonna come out uti work and see see what this is all about so what was the negative that you brought from uti the negative about uti was just the fact that a lot of the kids there did not give a fuck yeah they did not care they went there because it was easy mm-hmm. it was one year and they'll have something they can go do um, the kids that did care were the kids that got made fun of by all the other kids that didn't. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking shit about UTI. It may have just been the time I went, but I've also met some cool people. It was just hard to focus, you know, and they're trying to teach you the basics, and it's like, I already know the basics, and then they're trying to teach you the electrical shit, and that's that's some of the positives. But the negatives, it was just, it didn't really feel like anyone cared. But just wasn't for you. It just, I didn't feel like anyone cared but me, you yeah. know, and then when no one else cares... I don't care. And then yeah. someone tried to steal my car, so then I'm driving two hours of school one way, so I don't have to live in Illinois. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was my negative of UTI. So, so well, I feel like that's the same way. I went to CLC for a little bit to try okay. to get uh, auto repair crap and all that thing, and it was just annoying dealing with all the younger guys that were just, 
you know, didn't right. really give a crap yeah. about anything. Not trying to make on. it a profession. They're just, exactly. They're just there to dick around or they think they're, you know, Mustangs cool. Yeah, <laughs> most of them were Mustangs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I grew up in that time too. So, yeah, so that, that led into me graduating UTI and starting to work at Honda. So what was your experience at Honda? How, how did that go? Honda was awesome besides the pay. Yeah. Dude, I loved it. Um, my buddy Gabe, we were we were pretty tight for a while. Like, I would say, you know, we were super close. Went to UTI together. Um, he actually got the job at Honda first. And then I he told me, hey, come apply. Maybe you can get in as a loop tech and then work your way up or whatever. So that's how I started. I started as a loop tech. And that, you know, being a loop tech was kind of boring, you know. Yeah. But I, I'm working on Hondas. I love Hondas. I've, I have multiple Honda tattoos. Like, my, yeah. I, I love them. Yeah. I love everything about them. So I'm happy. Working at Honda for a while, and finally I was like, yo, you guys got to pump me up. I can't be a loop deck anymore. Like, I'm, It was probably like six months. Okay. And they actually gave me a shot, and they said, fuck it. Here you go. Flat rate. Go learn. So I had an apprentice. His name was Tim. Um, Tim, if you're listening, thank you, because you taught me a shit ton. He, dude, there's so much stuff he taught me about dealership-type work, you know, yeah. not the modifying stuff. But he had taught me tons about how to make money in the dealer. Yeah. But unfortunately at that time the dealership just wasn't busy mm-hmm. so anyone out there that knows flat rate knows if the dealership ain't busy you ain't making money yeah. so i'll be straight up i was making about twenty-seven thousand a year and it stayed like that for a few years and i was like it just shot my morale down like i was like dude and i didn't know that it was just that dealer yeah i thought that's just how it was and i'm mm-hmm. like but now i know like i got friends that work at honda that's you know, a couple Make blocks from that yeah. one making 100 Gs a year. And, yeah. you know, good for them. I support them. And actually one of the kid kind of like half apprenticed under me. And yep. now he's doing big things at another Honda dealer. So it's cool to see. But, yeah, the dealer, I love the work. Mm-hmm. Working on the cars, I, I, the atmosphere of the dealership life was awesome. But when I got the call that I could possibly work at 1.6, like my life just got turned upside down. Yeah, so let's transition into that, you going from Honda to 1.6. So, like, how did it start for you, and then what was it like growing through that? And, you know, what was your experience with it? Uh, the 1-6 story, huh? Yeah, um, we got to get bullshit. into it. <laughs> the table over. Um, so basically, I was friends with Mark, which is the owner of 1-6. I've been friends with him for well before I even started working or even thought that was a job. I wouldn't say we were, like, close friends, but we'd go snowboarding, and, like, he'd hit me up, hey, you're going to be at Alpine? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be there. Let's go ride. Um, he we also, yeah, he owned a skate and snowboard shop. So, you oh, know, I didn't of, know that. Yeah, it was called FA Skates. Is that still? It's, is yeah, that still, still it's still around. He doesn't own it. He sold it to the guy John that used to work there. But, Sorry, so no discounts. Oh, John <laughs> hooked it up for sure. Anyone that wants to, you know, buy local and support a local skate shop, FA Skates, it's in Des Plaines. So go hit him up. Tell him that uh, Rudd's Racing sent you. They'll hook you up. But anyways, so. Mark had called me and said, hey, you want to work here? And I was like, dude, that's the dumbest thing. Like, of course. Like, <laughs> why are you even asking? I'm coming tomorrow. And he's like, no, 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 no. I just, you know, it was just, we got an opening up here. You know, I'll let you know. You know, but I just want to make sure you're interested because, like, all the guys here think that, like, it'd be cool to work with you. You know, you'd be a good fit. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let me know. So I kept doing my Honda thing. Dude, I go home, like, I'm shitting my pants. I'm like, Mom, I'm going to work at fucking 1-6. And then I was telling my girlfriend, I'm like, Vern, we're working at 1-6. It's happening. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. Like, my dream job is finally happening. Because I was like, reality of opening my own shop kind of went away when I realized how much money I was making at Honda. Mm -hmm. So, like, I was scared. Like, dude, I can't open my own shop. I ain't going to make no money. Like, 
I'm living at home. I can't afford to do anything else. Kind of killing your dreams yeah. as you start building it into it. Exactly. So one six was obviously established. Anyone that knows, you know, us most of it knows one six. This area. Yeah. No. So they know that you know Mark was the king. Mm. Um, anyway, so dude, weeks and weeks go by, and I hit him up, and he's like, Yeah, yeah, I'll call you. I just I'm busy right now. I can't, you know, I can't. I'm like, whatever. So one day, I just showed up, <laughs> and I'm like, Yo, what's up? He's like, Oh, next week for sure. We're going to sit down, blah, blah, blah. And then we ended up, he invited me and uh, Vern out to uh, dinner one night. And we talked about it. I had gone over it again. So, mm-hmm. and then everything was kind of like, I don't want to say finalized, but it was like, okay, we're on the same page, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we'll figure out a couple weeks. I'm like, okay. Well, a couple weeks goes by, still doesn't call me. I'm like, dude, you're dangling my dream job in front of my <laughs> face. Like, I'm licking my chops. Let's go. This is killing me right now. So, yeah, it's it sucked. So, one day, Honda... I don't know what it was. Maybe I had a bad attitude. I don't know. But I went in. I just sit in front of my toolbox and I'd just be playing on my PSP until they decided to give me some work because mm-hmm. you know there was a dispatcher, and they didn't give me shit all day. Literally sat there till four o'clock. We go home at five thirty. Four o'clock comes around. He gives me this most bullshit job on a Del Sol. Customers supplied their own brake lines. Their metal, not pre bent. Like they even they do that. Yeah, I. News to me. Yeah. I was, I was like, <laughs> why is the dealer doing this? And honestly, I think he was just doing it. I think he maybe have took the job Got to just kind of like, you know, like, haha. Yeah. So I took the RO. I pulled the car in. I put it on my lift. You know, I'm just looking at it, and I just said, fuck you. Yeah. I looked at this car, and I just went into the, the service manager, and I said, yo, I'm sorry, but I quit. And he's like, what do you mean you quit? And I'm like, dude, I sat here all day. I didn't disrespect you. I just sat here. I just doing my thing. And you're playing games. Like I'm not I'm not twelve years old. I'm not trying to play games with you. Like this yeah. is my life. Yeah. And it's I'm my like, livelihood. I'm yeah. trying to make some money out of exactly. this and just sitting around here and then you pull that at the last minute when I'm trying to go home at some point. Exactly. Come on, man. Like dude, I already wasted my whole day. What the fuck? Yeah. You know? Anyways. So I quit and I cried all the way home like a little baby, like, you know, I just lost my fucking my job but well the stress kind of starts yeah. to set in it was, i don't know i don't want to say i was crying because i was sad i was just crying like the emotions were just pissed like, off dude it, yeah. it was just the emotions were crazy i'm yeah. happy because i'm finally out of that shithole even though it wasn't you know it was just the way i thought at the time um but everyone's had that job especially yeah. when they're like they finally quit and they're like everything kind of comes yeah, it full just circle flo- it just floated like, out oh, so shit. anyways after i got home um i went home and picked up my truck went back got my toolbox and then on my way home, I called Mark and I said, hey, I just quit my job. What's up? And he's like, all right, we'll come in tomorrow. I'm like, oh, is that easy? Cool. <laughs> so then that's where it started. I started working at 1.6. Yeah, and so then you started doing basically all of the um, eBay stuff and the um, front counter everything, right? Well, no, it actually kind of transitioned. So I had thought, I had asked Mark, like, hey, should I bring my toolbox? Like, I thought I was going to be in the back with the guys, like, kicking it, you know, like, building mm-hmm. cars because that's, that's what I like to do, you know? Yeah. And he's like, no, I think we got some other stuff we're going to try and have you do. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't need my toolbox. Like, <laughs> I'm confused. So, I, But at the same time, it's a dream job. It's 1-6. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Many people would kill to have the position that I was in. So yeah. I get there. He had me doing whatever, sweeping the floor. Like, dude, I literally, the first like, two or three days, I swept the floor, cleaned the bathrooms. Oh, like, shit. Yeah. I started at the bottom. Like, he, because I... Well, that's that's strange for me to hear because when I came into one six with you when we first met, you were definitely not that not that guy. Yeah, no, <laughs> I definitely I definitely had worked my way up 
I don't want to say I worked my way up fast, but like I learned what they needed me to do fast. Put um, your time into it. And yeah. So, yeah. you know, they, he just wanted to make sure that, you know, I was willing to work. So, mm-hmm. you know, he had me doing the shit. I'd help the guys let the transmission out, but whatever. Yeah. Not really much mechanical stuff. The only mechanical thing I can remember him doing in like the first two weeks was he gave me a set of APC pedals <laughs> to install on a DA Integra. And Were I'm, you kind of excited about hell it? Hell yeah. yeah. I was super excited. Like, Yo, someone give me a drill. And so, yeah, I put those pedals on. I was stoked. And I'm like, cool. Maybe he thought that's kind of like, okay, you can put these pedals on. Well, you can work on cars. Yeah. But he had three dudes in back working on cars. And okay. you, you know the building. There isn't much room for more. No, you know, no, The way he all. had it set up with how much inventory he had, there wasn't room. He had a crap load of inventory oh, yeah. back there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you guys bringing it back there. I'm like, how the fuck are you guys even walking around over yeah. here? <laughs> Mark did big things, that's for sure, with his inventory. So, anyways, it slowly transitioned into me helping up front mm-hmm. and relieving some stress from him. I'd say with dealing with some of the people um, coming in, doing the sales stuff, just little stuff like that, you know. So, How did you like that, you know, kind of getting more in from a mechanical aspect into doing more sales and, like, you know, uh, talking to more of the customers and stuff. Did did you enjoy that, or was that kind of more of a transition where you're like, oh, this is. This I is loved a, it. You loved it. I, I mean, people may not think of it for the last my last few years at One Six. They may have known that I fucking hated it, mm-hmm. but I fucking loved it at first, dude. I was getting to meet people like you. Yeah. Every day there was a new you coming in wanting to talk. Yeah. Um, at first it was hard because people didn't trust me. They're like, hey, let me talk to Mark. Let me talk to Mark. Oh, Mark's got my prices. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like. A lot of those people now are my customers because, yeah. you know, I built that relationship with them after mm-hmm. a while of trusting me. I'm not going to lie. Every time someone come in, they ask, you know, hey, can I, how much is this? Hey, Mark, how much is this? Because I don't know. Yeah. So I had to ask him. He's the one that bought. He did all the ordering. So I don't, I don't yeah, know how transition. much he's spending. So I can't just tell you, hey, it's this much. Eventually, I learned what we sell things for. And I, you know, I got to figure it out. And then I was able to handle people start to finish on my own. Yeah. I was never in charge of any builds or any of that. I was strictly just in charge of like answering the phone, doing the sales in store, talking to people in store, doing the online stuff a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not so much at first because Alex was still here. Okay. Um, but then when Alex left, that's when I transitioned into doing the eBay Everything stuff. like that. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, I was doing listings and whatever. Alex had pretty much had this thing like pretty thought out by the time he even laid left. out like, for you. Yeah, it was pretty straightforward. I didn't have to do much. Okay. My job with Mark at 1-6 was honestly super easy. Yeah. Like, I always felt like I got paid pretty good for what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always happy in that aspect. The only thing that my downfall was just for how long I was away from my family. Because when we first started at 1-6, it was 9 to 7. Really? Every day. I didn't know that. Yeah, 9 to 7. So you got to think, I'm an hour away. That hour So drive. I'm leaving at 7.30, 8 o'clock to get here by 9 because I'm always early. Not back until almost 9 o'clock. And then I'm not back at 9 o'clock at night, you know, and that was, I'm living at home with my mom still, and um, Vern was living with me and my mom's at that time, too, so it was just a lot, and towards the end, you know, obviously, I was like... Well, that that puts a lot of strain on everything, too, like, you love your job as much as you do, but then, like, you still need your family time, you still need to be able to talk with them and, like, have some time away and crap like that, so I completely understand. Anyone, Anyone that knows me knows that my life doesn't revolve around money. Yeah. My my life revolves around happiness and you know doing cool things with my friends and family. So I've always been like that. Yeah. yeah, I've always been like that since day one. But so coming towards the end of my time at one six, my brother got in a tragic accident. Um, I can just tell the story. My brother has a traumatic brain injury. He got hit by a car. 
Um, me and my me and my brother Jay have been like super close yeah. since the get go, since growing up together. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that happened, and I was kind of sad at one six, you know, I was like, you know, I want to start something more. Yeah. I want to give him a job someday because I knew that he wasn't gonna most. I mean, I had hoped that he'd go back to work, but I didn't know. Once once reality started setting in, that's that's where roads racing began. With the TBI, those things, I have a, I have a good buddy that has the same thing going on, and it's just really hard to even judge exactly where they'll be at in, right. in tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you like, can't. You don't you don't know what the hell is going to really happen with it. So that's that's how roads racing started. Um, from my brother's tragic accident, my brother used to own a business called Ruds Services. Mm-hmm. It was like. Uh, I don't know. He fucking like had like a dump truck and a tow truck or some shit. Like, did that go along with the construction that he was doing? Yeah, kind of just based no, off that. No, not so. He he had worked a full time job too of yeah. uh, MPL. Okay. It was like a pipeline thing. Okay. So he did natural gas. Yeah. But then the Rudd Services thing was like a dump truck that would haul that he had an employee run, and then he also had a semi truck that would do hauls as well. So he had two, you know, transportation yeah. options. I guess. I mean, mo- mostly moving like dirt and shit. I'm sure, but. Mm-hmm. I never really got into it, um, but that was his business. So that was like, well, Rudd's services. I'm like, well, fuck it, Rudd's racing. Yeah. You know, because me and him had built his car together, and we raced it. And that DA. Yeah. We called uh, ourselves Rudd's racing team. You mm-hmm. know, me and my brother were the Rudd's brothers. Yeah. Um, my older brother also has a car, too, that we we're building, so that would come out soon. But, Eric, right? Yep. Eric. Yeah, my older brother, Eric. Um, eventually, he's a funny guy. <laughs> we'll have to get him on he's, here he's, at one point. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll have to have the fucking parental advisory we'll have sticker. have a conversation before. <laughs> yeah, we'll have the parental advisory sticker on the front of his podcast. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so me and Jay had built this car together, and then, you know, I wanted to build something that he could someday work at. So mm-hmm. I said, hey, Mark, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. And he was... He was cool about it. He he understood. I kind of told him what was going on. So that led me to start my own thing on the side. I always kind of did on the side like I did your cage, you know, yeah. but it was just for fun. Yeah. And then now it's like, okay, I want to do this for real. Family is really important to me. And, like, I've always been family, but when it happened to my brother, like, dude, it was the biggest punch in the face of a reality check. Like, dude, your family could be gone tomorrow. Yeah. So it's like, I want as much time in my family as possible. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do this own thing to get my family involved with it. Um, hopefully, you know, I can work really hard for a while and then, you know, my family can come in here or, you know, whatever it may Everybody. be, T- take it over or, you know, have fun, come in here. Like, no, it's my thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if my brother wants to come in here and sit behind the counter and do nothing, he can, because yeah. this is my business. I can do what I choose, you know? Yeah. So I don't have to ask for permission. Hey, can my brother come work here? Yeah. It's my business. So I can, I can make those decisions. So it was cool to, to take the jump, but it was scary. Yeah. So terrifying. So, so terrifying that I actually kind of only half-assed made the jump. So that's what I was going to get into now is kind of after leaving one six, where, where'd you go afterwards? Cause I know you didn't start right away with Rudd's. Uh, I, you went to, what shop did you go to? You were kind of like on and off doing cages over there. Yeah. It was called performance. Your works performance. Yeah. So, and then after going there, what was your feeling of kind of leaving one six and then kind of being out on your own and like starting on a new foot? Was it that scary kind of, you know, yeah. but Dude, what, it was, what, what were the feelings with it? The last day I walked out of one six, I was like, holy shit you know this is happening and then my wife decided to tell me that she was pregnant (laughs) i was about to say that all came pretty quickly (laughs) yeah yep yep so it was uh 
what the hell am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, I was scared. So if she wasn't pregnant, I probably would have tried to dive roads racing full throttle mm-hmm. right away. But I knew that I just couldn't afford a hospital bill. And she was working. She had a she had a job, you know. So she, we knew we had insurance through her. So mm-hmm. we weren't worried. Yeah. But I was a little bit worried because like I wasn't sure if Reds Racing could provide if she wasn't gonna go back to work. Cause her, her place of employment had like no leave for her and nothing like oh, benefit really? wise. Yeah, nothing. Like literally you oh, have shit. two weeks or some bullshit to the have your job, leave, yeah. but there was no like paid, no maternity leave or whatever you want to call it. Like there was nothing. So like I was like, shit, Reds Racing has got to do something. So, I mean, dude, I used to bust cages out like- In the car, at your house? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so at, that's- At, that's at, shop, at shop one. No, the, shop shop one. At, we're at shop one at this time. So I'm like, you know, working at one six and doing cages at my house, trying to stack some money. Well, um, I remember having the conversation with you and you were working at Euro or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and you were doing stuff there and I was just like, well, is this going to be the main spot? You're like, man, I don't know. Like, this is where we're yeah, at just, now. I this is we're going to sure. keep working at it. I was like, okay, all right. Well, we'll keep sending these stuff or whatever we can do. Right. And then I feel like it was like a year or something. It was. And then all of a sudden it turned around and fucking turned back and yep. It was dang. it was about a year. So I worked for Performance Your Works for a while. Met some cool people. Um, it was fun. It was a change working on BMWs. You know, like Lewis that used to work at One Six now was working at Performance Your Works. That's why I went there. He said, hey. We need you a couple of days a week. We got shit that needs to get done. You're gonna be fabricating this and that and like doing cool shit. And I'm like, ah, right, cool. So now I can get a job yeah. and do roads racing and kind of like dabble roads racing, but yet still have a paycheck to make sure my family's okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what that happened. Long story short, I'm not gonna go into what happened at Performance Your Works, but I got to build some cool things. I got to work on some cool cars, met some cool people. Anyways, I ended up leaving there for some. I was honestly surprised that you were starting to work on BMWs just because yeah. I knew your background so much. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, no. Do I got to buy a BMW here? Yeah. Like, I mean, on? honestly, the BMW stuff, I never really gave them a chance. I yeah. thought they were, like, just pieces of crap, and I don't want to pay expensive yeah. to fix them. But actually, when I was working on them, they're not bad. I actually do like the E90 M3, and mm-hmm. I do want to get a V8 someday, and I'll never buy an American V8. Oh, okay. Um, so that would kind of be so my, my V8. No, I like them. I want you to get one yeah, so, I'm, I can, I'm so trying, I can drive I'm it. But, <laughs> you know, I, I personally would rather have an E90 M3. I think that's pretty cool. Well, it's kind of hard to pass cross holes. I mean, if you find yeah. one of those for the right price, it's uh, actually clean. They're not the right price. but <laughs> Exactly my point. But also over not. there, dude, I mean, they were doing alignments for an outside shop. So they would do alignments. They would have me do alignments on, like, dude, I worked on a I McLaren 720S yeah. and, you know, some Ferraris and Lamborghinis. And that stuff was cool to me. And I love that shit. So, yeah. like, I hope someday that I can, you know, I, w- I want to transition our business into working on that type of stuff yeah. eventually. But, you know, I'm, I love Honda, so we're probably all going to stay down here. So. But yeah, so working there, and then some something went down, and then I said, "Roads racing full time, let's do it." So that's how the basically transition started into doing roads racing full time, yep. and then that was basically out of the house at uh, Union Grove, right? You yeah, so had everything going there. So I had bought that house from my uncle, who had moved to Arizona, and he had run a full automotive shop out of that um, prior. So when I bought the house, it had the lifts, had the tire machines, it had everything I needed to run an automotive shop. It's zone industrial there. 
So yes, it's behind my house, but it's still a legit shop. I so. mean, when I walked in there, when you first got it, I was like, dang, this is way nicer than what I thought it was. Yeah. Like you had all types of stuff there. Oh, I was yeah. like, all right, let's go. Yeah, it was cool. It was, it, I mean, if it wasn't for that, I don't think roads racing would probably be what it is. Cause it gave me that opportunity to have a lift and, you know, a tire machine and really take charge what I want to do for automotive business wise. So, yeah. and for the middle of space that you did have, I mean, it's not a small shop with, it's just one lift. Right. You started getting a lot of people coming in very yeah. quickly. Yeah. That's, I, I feel like I was there one week and it was empty. And then I came back the next week and you had shit all over your yard and everything. <laughs> I was just like, damn bro, you need help with anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, it got, it got quick. Cause people know that I do good work and that I I'm honest, you yeah. know, like I'm, I'm not trying to gouge anyone. Yeah. So uh, people appreciate that. So that's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. how we got so busy and that's kind of been our reputation. And we ended up, we ended up after, uh, after me hustling for myself for a while, mm-hmm. like long ass time. And an old high school friend, Andy had, uh, I had uh, some problems with my tow truck, my, well, not my tow truck, but it's my truck that I tow with. So yeah. my, I have a diesel Duramax and I knew that he had worked on that type of shit. So. Just about everything that guy's Yeah, yeah. He, he was, he's pretty much touched everything. But I was like, yo, you know, we're not, we weren't really friends. I don't, you know, I know he's going to listen to this, but like, I don't consider me and him after high school. Like, we weren't friends. We were friends, but not like. Acquaintances? Yeah, we are more yeah. acquaintances. It's not like, hey, I want to like hug you and like go hang out with you and like whatever. But yeah. like, I liked the dude. I liked him in high school. We used to cruise together sometimes, but like, we just had different clicks yeah. in high school. So like, yeah. I had my friends. He had different friends. You That's kind of everybody in high yeah. school. And so we weren't we weren't as close as like what people may think, mm-hmm. you know. So, but anyways, through a mutual friend, Todd, um, we kind of like rekindled like a friendship, you know. So we ended up going go karting together and um, whatever. So I just asked him, hey, he probably lost. I'm just saying. I did win that day. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. So. Uh, I think they want to rematch, but I haven't gone back since. Anytime. <laughs> so. I, I, I'm ready to be Andy at any point. <laughs> oh, yeah. <I> bet. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I asked Andy to come over and help me with my diesel truck because he was smart with that shit. So, he came over and helped me with my truck, and and he saw my circle track car, which now you own, but he saw it. And Andy used to circle track race a lot. So See, I didn't know that until uh, yeah. he came around, and I was like, who is this guy? What's going on here? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, he used to circle track. And I, never, I never even watched one of his races. Um, but I did help him work on his car once and then, yeah, I mean, he, cause it was a Honda, of course. Yeah. So he ran a DA Integra. So like he's got he, now. yeah, he looked at, he looked at uh, my circle track car and was like, dude, I think I need to get back in this. And I'm like, dude, I've been telling all you guys to come to West Michigan Honda meet and come see what a real race is like, like a race event is like, mm-hmm. you know, cause we're from a small town. So that shit don't, you know, drag racing and street stuff is, that's basically all right. Is it? And then dirt circle, Yeah. which, you know, he didn't even do dirt either. So anyways, Long story short, we built him a circle track car the next, like, month. Dude, that thing popped up out of nowhere. It, yeah. was, a, it was a red DA, and then yeah. I came back. It was all tore apart, and I came back the next day. It was painted. I'm like, what? Who's I mean, he, he hustles. When, yeah. he, when he needs to get something done, he hustles. Yeah. Like, I may be his motivation, mm-hmm. but I'm not the hustler. I, yeah. I mean, he gets down to work. Like, and he's really intelligent when it comes oh, yeah. down to that crap. Too. Yeah, like, that's why, that's why I kind of led into what it is, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, long story short, we built Andy a circle track car got his ass back into racing and he was loving it i borrowed my truck my trailer to go have fun go race yeah you know get back to me after that yeah. then he's racing he's happy dude he, i think he did like fucking 10 circle track events shit really like, dude he was out there oh then, i didn't know he was doing that many yeah and then as that's happening rudd's racing is getting busier and busier yeah 
and finally I was like, dude, I need help. So I said, hey, Andy, you want to come in after work? You know, let's do it. So I was, when I asked Andy to come on board, I was still working at PE, so we're backtracking a little bit. Mm -hmm. He still had a full-time job. So we're full-time jobs, then coming home and full-timing. At night. Do eight hours a night. He's not getting home till 2 o'clock in the morning. Me, I'm lucky. I just walk out the shop and I go to bed, you know, because it's at my house. But Well, he still lived, what, 45 minutes from your house? About 50 minutes north of shop one, yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, dude, we were we were just awesome, mm-hmm. and we just wanted to build cool shit with each other. Like, yeah. dude, we just clicked. Me and him, like, for some reason, like high school, we didn't click like this. But now it's like, dude, you want to go play with RC cars? We go play bikes. We go play fucking motocross in the back. Like, dude, everything just worked. It's weird how that happens, where like you meet people like in a later stage of your life that you've already known, yeah. and then you're like, oh shit, like I really get along with this fucking guy now. So yeah, so he started working for me, um, and we were just jamming cars out. So, so how difficult was that, like, starting off when it was just you two? And then kind of, it was he the main one that was able to help you manage stuff and help through stuff? Or, you know, who was really there to kind of guide you or kind of help build the business? Um, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Um, Andy, with him coming on board, really was able to help me take in more cars. Mm-hmm. So by us being able to work, because we work so good together, dude, we're knocking shit out. Like, cars yeah. are getting done yeah. quick. And people are happy. I remember it. Yep. More people are coming back. Yada, yada, yada. So because of him, um, we're able to get more cars, right? So that obviously means more customers, which in turn means more word of mouth. Um, but also my family, the support that I had from mm-hmm. them. Like, dude, they, I manage everything. I don't, a- Andy doesn't have anything to do with booking appointments or any yep. of that type of stuff. Like the managing stuff, that's all me. Andy now manages the back a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, I don't want to say I'm like the boss, but like I do direct the builds. Yeah. Um, but if I'm gone, Andy can just, I can trust him to just jump in open the do doors it. and figure it out. He's yeah. very good at just making it work, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say that he, like, helped manage anything that way of the business, but he helped it grow as in far as, like, what we could do, you know, the jobs that we did, you know, because he's familiar with a lot of more than just Hondas, you know, so. He's vast. Yeah, exactly, and this is why I'm glad to have him on the team. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he was able to help me scale up, which is what I needed. You know, we needed to scale up, and eventually we scaled so far up that – he was working on like minivans and tow trucks and like just garbage at work yeah. and just i you know he would come in and you know it's after work stuff that we're doing but we're technically working but he's you know he would tell me he would complain about you know the his day job sometimes you know because well that I, shit's a grind right and i would do the same thing you know i'd be like oh fuck pe had me doing this stupid suv bmw downplay blah 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 even though, you know, it's cool, but at the same time, like, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. So we were all just, you know, we're just having guy talking, you know, we're bitching. And eventually I'm like, well, dude, why don't you just work here? Mm-hmm. And he just, that was it. He was just kind of just like. To the moon, here uh, we go. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, some some stuff happened. I don't want to speak on his behalf. We'll get him on the podcast and he can, he can tell his story. Yeah. But long story short, he started working full time for me. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're still at shop one, which is behind my house. So mm-hmm. it's kind of slow. You know, but we're getting stuff. We're getting cars done. Like, dude, yeah. I, there was a day I got a cage done in a single day. Cause you were telling me about that. Like, yeah, we just the went hell? out there and got <laughs> stuff done. Because we're there, could be there as long as we wanted. And you have all the materials to be able to do it out there, yeah. too. So yeah, yeah. No, always... it, was, it was a full shop, so it wasn't, you know. People think because it's by my house, you know, it wasn't. But it was 
we're a full shop. It just didn't have that, you know, professional look because yeah. it was behind my house. So, well, it's always nice to have now that you're here in Elk Grove, this big shop, and then oh, you have your secondary. If anybody is closer to the Milwaukee area or something that you can drop off and then, you yeah. know, transport or anything around those lines. Yeah, I try not to do anything at the Wisconsin shop anymore. I, I had originally started off by saying, hey, all my Wisconsin people, I can maybe still do stuff up there. I can't. Don't ask me. Yeah. I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, if you want to drop your car off, like DJ just said, and have me bring it down here for you, because I get it, it's a long drive. I'm down to help. You know what I mean? That stuff's cool. But, like, as far as working on stuff there, that's my house. You know, I want my family to feel comfortable not having random people show up, you know. So. And then you have your own builds as well, too, right. or fr- friends like myself that right, yeah. need to go there. And oh, like yeah, yeah. That's, stuff. that's different, you know. Or, like, anybody that needs something, like, if you break at the track, you need a lift or something, and I'm there not doing anything, just ask. You know, yeah. I don't care about that. But, yeah, I'm not doing builds there anymore just because down here we got so much stuff to do. So, yeah. All right, then let's transition into more of the move to Elk Grove. Um, so, basically, what was the, the main reason for this? Like, I know you've probably had a lot of difficulties coming in here as Ruds Racing with this previously being 1-6. So, a lot of people probably still know you, but kind of – how was that coming back into this area and like taking it over for yourself that was one thing i had to talk to my wife about um i was like dude do i want to drive this far again like do i want to make that move and she's awesome she supports me in everything i do um we've been together for so long that when she said with confidence yes i'm like all right if you're that confident let's let's go let's let's get this done and she may have been putting on a front just so that, like, I made it happen. But, hey, it worked. Yeah. I'm sure she was nervous about it, too. But she didn't show it, and that gave me the confidence to just be like, I'm going to make it happen. Fuck it. Let's go. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. yeah. So the transition was tough. Um, Mark is, you know, kind of blessed. I don't want to say he's – yes, he, he blessed me with his location because a lot of people know that this is the location to go for Honda stuff, and they still kind of – think it's one six sometimes yeah so the transition down was it was a lot we had to move a lot of mark's inventory for him or with him i don't want to say for him but we moved a lot with him yeah. he moved a ton on his own i'm like dude you're nuts mm-hmm. like i have a huge trailer and we filled that thing up like six seven times and really he was using this little van and a little trailer and like just taking little by little and he's a beast man he from how much he's moved out of here He's crazy. But it works. I mean, the guy works. Yeah, no, he, he definitely still hustles. But, yeah, so he moved all his stuff out. There's still some stuff here that needs to get um, taken over to him. But, you know, he's at least nice enough that we can get in and start working. So, yeah. you know, I had made some some changes up front, as a lot of you guys know. The You know, it's Rudd's Racing now. It's not 1-6. Yeah. Um, I do lease the building from Mark. There is a... No, I threw the bucket away. Oh, you threw the bucket away? Yeah. I was like, come I, on. <laughs> we had a bucket out that said, if you call it 1-6, put in five bucks or something like that, just as a joke. Um, someone actually called me Mark, <laughs> and I threw the bucket at him just as a joke. Well, he kind of deserved that. Yeah, one. he didn't put any money in it either. What a dick. Yeah, no, whatever, man. You know, so it, it was all good. He bought some shit, so we were just joking around. But anyway, so yeah, it's been transitioned into a much bigger shop. You know, my old building was 1,800 square feet. This one's 5,000. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to get a lot done, but also it's been tough because I was so worried uh, about having work coming in here that I overbooked the crap out of us. Yeah. So um, unfortunately, a lot of my customers' project, bigger project cars um, have been on the back burner. Not on the back burner. We still work on them, but like it's hard to it's hard to pass up a 
job that can come in the same day and leave and then help keep the lights on yeah. to work on a, a full big build that you know generally takes a long time yeah like could take a month or two or yeah anything well like i honestly i have for working at other shops i've seen cars that have sit there for you know eight months to a year yeah but that don't happen with me that mm-hmm. That shit don't fly. So well, you've probably been in that experience before, where you've had something sit for that long. I just, dude, it's just not right. Yeah. If 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 you can't figure, like, I'm not gonna lie, me and Andy were working on a Subaru, and he had some Haltech stuff, and we gave it a shot. I told him, hey, honestly, I don't want to hold your build up, dude. Like, we did all the fab stuff that he asked us to, and when it came to the Haltech wiring, it was like some I I don't know Subaru is a whole a whole lot a whole but he, different thing yeah and, but and when it comes to wiring too and it was a full hall tech system and it needed like a huge pinout done on the harness and we couldn't find the schematics at anywhere because it was a really? it was a Japanese surprising. it was a Japanese motor so like I can't get the engine harness schematics from anywhere the only place that that had it wouldn't share the info with us really um, so yeah we were talking to hall tech um, shout out to Robert over at hall tech um, he had helped us out tremendously but he's like dude even i can't get the specs anymore to help you guys get any farther so i straight up just told the customer i said hey dude i gave it a shot i'm gonna eat the money that we have into it already and you just got to take it somewhere else i mean it's either that or i hold you up and pretend like i'm gonna get it done and then what if i don't yeah then the dude's out of a car and for that long yeah for us i'll swallow my pride yeah Yeah, i can't haul tech of subaru sue me you don't, yeah. you know what I mean? Dude was super happy that I was honest with him, and I'm so happy that he understood. Unfortunately, he took it to another shop and had a bad experience. Oh, really? But it is done now. Unfortunately, the other shop kind of screwed him over, but you know. Well, that's that's also another experience where people will continue to push your name and push you right. back over to this shop, right. even though if you, I mean. Me personally, I've had it before where people would have my car for months at a time. And be like, oh no, we're figuring it out, we're figuring it out, and then I get it, and it's a piece of shit. Right. I can't, it can't even get dialed. Right. And it's worse. Like that. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's that's ended up what happened to them. But anyways, they got to figure it out. But yeah, that was just kind of going like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want anyone's car sitting here for that long. But like back to the story is shout out to Joaquin. He uh, he's been a supporter for a long time. I had his car here. Um, actually, shop one, we had found out his motor was bad and decided to go k-swap so me and him had been working together since then so i've had his car for probably four or five months um he had it get painted so in that time it got painted and stuff but i did a cage on it so that it's ready um and we're doing a k-swap on it now is With that the Col- green one that's the one yeah it's right behind the door over there yeah, yeah. um so yeah i think sick but you know he hasn't even called once he just you know he stopped by he helped me move in he understands like hey dude i get it you you had this huge transition and moving the shop and I think he just understands. And I respect the hell yeah. out of him and his, his buddies that, you know, support me in that way. Because, like, I feel terrible every morning I come in and look at his car. There's no motor in it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we work on the motor as much as possible to get it ready to go in. Now it's ready to drop in. But, you know, COVID screwed the parts. With everything. You know, it, it really sucked for ordering. So, luckily, with him, we got everything now. So, once I can get, you know, caught back up here, which I've been – it sucks because, like, I tell people we're busy – and then they tell their friends we're busy, and then like I get people calling me, oh, you're probably too busy for me. And then it's like I'm not too busy for you, but I just yeah. need a couple of weeks, you know, to get caught back up, or like let's get on the schedule, or yeah. you know, I can get is, you on the schedule if you just give me a timeline. Like I'm right. not going to be unrealistic with you. Yeah. So like I'm trying to be as, you know, honest as I can with people. But when you're a good shop and people want to come to you, you just you know, good shops are busy. Yeah. So that's I, I toot my own horn. I feel like we're a very good professional shop over here. So yeah, we got busy and here we are. Yep. Um, how many employees you guys got right now? So that's an interesting one. 
on paper, none if the feds are listening. But <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, delete this out. <laughs> no. Nah. Um, Andy's my full-time. So he's been full-time since, I want to say, October. Okay. Um, yeah, so I got that. Um, my buddy JR used to come in for 1-6 in the mornings, too. Um, and I've been friends with him for a minute. Mm-hmm. He now comes in the mornings for me. Okay. So every day except for Wednesday, he gets his back cracked or some shit. Yeah. Um, he comes in in the mornings till noon to help me knock out some stuff. Uh, plans are, I hope his boss isn't listening, but plans are he's going to come full-time here as well. Okay. So that would be two full-timers and me. Nice. Um, I also now have two part-timers. Okay. Um, uh, a guy named Andy as well. Yeah, I met come, him today. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's pretty fresh, so he's only come in three times. Mm-hmm. But he knows what he's doing. So okay. that's uh, always nice to have that. Yeah, shout out to him. He pulled the transmission out of a car, like as like a tester, you know, hey, I got some Tegra. Yeah. You know, obviously I'm watching like a hawk, but you know, I'm kinda of pretending like I'm not looking. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. I kinda of wanted to see what you got. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you gotta trust people. So yeah. and I don't wanna work with anyone I can't trust or that I don't wanna hang out with. Yeah. So And you gotta give them a chance. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you, know, you gotta give it a shot. I wanna build cool things with my friends. So yep. if you're not my friend or want to be my friend or want to build cool things, you can't work here. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I had a lot of people ask me for a job, but you, in this industry, you don't just ask for a job. Mm-hmm. So anyways, he heard that um, Andy, um, the head tech, he heard me on the phone saying Andy was getting married. So I was, I had nobody that Friday. And he's like, hey, dude, um, if you need help that Friday, I'll come in. You don't have to pay me. I just want to learn. You know, I just want to be around and just see kind of what you got going. And I know you're going to be by yourself. Oh, really? Yada yada. I'm like, wow, that's pretty fucking cool. You know, yeah. dude overheard her phone conversations and offered to just come and help me because he knew. I'm like, that kind of says something about someone, right? Not so, many people do that. Yeah, no, it kind of says something about someone. So I, I gave him a chance, and that's where he is. Yeah. So and then the, the last part timer, uh, Jose. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he was a customer, um, super enthusiastic kid, just wants to race, wants yeah. to just learn. He's but, the one who bought my beginner ticket, right? Yep, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, but no offense to you, Jose, because I know you're listening. He doesn't know shit. So he has, <laughs> He's a long, green. he has a long way to go, but I feel like I'm the person that can kind of help him go to where he needs to be. You know, anyone who loves it, you know, yeah. can, can learn it. You know what I mean? So he's smart enough to learn. Like when I say something, he like kind of looks Comprehend at me with like, it. yeah, he looks at me with like this weird look in his face. Takes a second, and then it's like, okay. Yeah. And then he goes and does it. Now, does it take too long sometimes? Yeah, but, you know, that's, Some that's, that's part of learning. I'd rather have him not mess something up and take ten times as long mm-hmm. than to mess something up, try to hide it from me. Like, if something happens, we'll take care of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's a solution for everything. You just got to be – I don't want anyone to ever mess anything up on a customer car and try to hide it. I tell – I'd be straight with all my guys, hey – Anybody messing anything up, you tell me now because we're gonna we're gonna make it right. If they get it back, like yeah, you I can't don't don't hide it from me because then you're hiding it from the customer. And if they see it, that's you know even then, worse. Right. I'd rather tell them, hey, this shit got fucked up. I'm sorry. Let me fix it for you, and you know just just eat it and fix it. So that's just how that's just a good way of doing business. You know, yeah, don't exactly. hide shit. So exactly with him, I'm not worried about him hiding anything. You know, if he mm-hmm. ever messes up, which he hasn't, he's been very well, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like. As time goes on, he may pick it up better. Or maybe I can transfer him up front if, you know, if yeah. he doesn't, you know, pick it up or whatever, if it doesn't seem right for him. Them. But, no, he's been good so far. He, his own car, dude, I mean, I had him do cams and valve seals on his car in it, you know. So, like, it's a pretty big job to do valve seals on a Honda <laughs> yeah, while the motor's still in because you got to, you know, pressurize each cylinder. That's not easy. And me and Andy left for the day. 
we said, hey, we'll oh, really? see, we're going to buy some new tools. We'll come back. And, um, yeah, by the time we came back, he was almost halfway done. So Oh, shit. Yeah, so that's, you know, he's not dumb. He just he's learning. He's green. So. It's a gr- it's a growing process when it comes into any and stuff like that. Yeah. You think you know something until you really dive into it, and then you're yeah. like, oh fuck, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> yeah. So that, that's the main employees. My wife obviously works here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, every Wednesday she comes in, makes a, a parts run to the warehouse. You know, because we have a pretty big inventory here, but you know we still have to get some stuff. Yeah. And then my brother does work here too. Um, you know the story of my brother. Obviously, yeah. you guys heard earlier in the podcast. But um, so when he does get a chance to come in. Obviously, we've only been here for about a month, so he hasn't come in yet. Um, but once he does, he'll be doing the miscellaneous shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'll be up front bullshitting with people, like yeah. just, you know, hanging he's, out. He's a good time. Yeah, he's, he's a just time. a good time. Like, I have him do a lot of my organization of stuff. Yeah. So he'll, he'll come back in here and get back to work. So, mm-hmm. so um, with those employees, do you guys kind of designate certain people to certain things, or is it more of just like, hey, we got this coming in, we all kind of got a chip together here, or is it more of like, you do this, you do that, you, or you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, no, honestly, I trust every one of my employees to do everything except for um, roll cages. Mm-hmm. So I do trust Annie to do a roll cage, but at the same time, roll cages are so unprofitable yeah. that it doesn't make sense for me to have him do one. Okay. So for me, it doesn't cost me anything to have me do it, right? Yeah. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I trust anyone to do anything. So for the most part, we all kind of just do whatever. I mean, if I want everyone to have fun, get so. together so you guys can all do it together. Yeah, I mean, no, everyone does their own job. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're all like gang banging a car together, yeah. <laughs> um, unless it needs to get done for a race event or like the customers like, hey, dude, I need my car tomorrow. This happened, yada yada. We'll do what we got to do to make it happen. But for the most part, you know, here, Andy. I need you to build this turbo system today or, you know, JR, I need you to do the fuel system on this car today or, you know, the other Andy, you know, I need you to do this clutch or mm-hmm. Jose, I need you to do these tires, whatever it may be. I, I'm pretty good at delegating um, yeah. to what needs to be done. Okay. So everyone kind of can come together and be able to get everything yeah, done yeah. that you need. I, I learned a lot from working at 1.6. Um, okay. I learned a shit ton from Mark. Like, yeah. That dude could write a book on how to run a business. And I'm sure it would be, like, the New York Times bestseller. Oh, sure, really? He, he, he is the smartest business guy I've ever met. Um, yeah, I've Between him from, and my mom. I've I heard mean, that from a few people as well. Yeah, uh, like, between him and my mom, my, my mom had taught me a lot of things about, you know, my mom owned her own business, so she had taught me a lot of things about the money and the handling. Mm-hmm. And then Mark had just, I learned a lot from him seeing what he does, and I also learned, like, what people dislike. Yeah. Because... I'm on the other side. I'm not the owner yeah. when I was at 1.6. So the people at the track, you know, they'd come up to me and they'd hear their frustrations about how Mark treats them sometimes or, like, you know, little stuff about pricing and mm-hmm. like just stupid stuff. Yeah. So, like, I learned, you know, what the people don't like. Yeah. So I feel like I can, like, make sure that I don't do that. Try to adjust that way. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I my thing is just try to be open and fair with everybody. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, everyone's got to make a dollar. Yeah. So if I sold shit for a loss to be your friend and why would I be in business you know so I gotta make a dollar you know I gotta my family's gotta eat too so and and I feel like a lot of customers also need to realize that as well too not everyone's gonna get discounts or like extreme discounts to a point where you're gonna take a loss for it or anything like that yeah and I don't think any of my customers expect that no you know I feel like when the customers that I have here right now dude they're sick they're they're awesome they do they walk in they're like yo what's up man I need this and this and this and then uh, you know I give them a price they're like ah sick thank you they're not like well, I saw it online for like $2 cheaper. Yeah. Well, 
okay go online go online and get yeah. it like i you don't have to buy anything for me and recently we had an issue and something about money uh with a customer and i i straight up said i don't give a shit if you spend ten dollars or ten thousand dollars all my customers get treated the same yeah so and i feel like that's fair like dude that's ten, how it should be ten dollars to somebody could be like ten thousand dollars to somebody else you yeah. know what i mean so some people some people got the money and some people really struggle for it yeah. so like when this kid comes in to buy spark plugs and he's like struggling to pay the twelve dollars like i treat him with the same level of respect as the guy that comes in and says hey i want to do a full case walk here's, yeah. here's 10 grand let's go yeah you know so. to have it to just drop it like that right and then like even myself when i came in when i was kind of broke at the point where i was coming in just buying random stuff all the time it was nice to even have a conversation with you and you'd be like yeah like this is kind of what it is or you can do right. this like and just being completely honest right. so save a couple dollars you yeah. know go buy it this or yeah. buy that i'll still yeah. tell people today they come in and I, i'm like Hey, dude, you can buy it cheaper here, mm-hmm. and I have no problem with you buying it there. Like, I want people to save money because they're going to, one, they're going to respect me for telling them the truth, and two, they're going to stay in the industry. They're yeah. going to keep building their car. They're going to have more fun yeah, as it goes. exactly. Yeah. All right, let's get into one more question here. So, basically, what are some of the favorite builds that you got going on here? I know I walked back in the shop, <laughs> and you guys got a bunch of Integras and some good stuff going on right there. What What's your favorite? Shit, man. I don't know. That's that's probably the hardest question. Um, I mean, dude, we got so much cool stuff. It's hard. Like everything dude, is just different. It's dude, just it's, nice. It's crazy. Like there's an RX7 back there that's like so mint. Like, mm-hmm. and we're just doing brake lines on it, but it's nothing like crazy cool. But the cars are so mint. And then there's an RSX back there that's a full, you know, CSS block, yada yada, full turbo build. It's already done, but we've got to finish the fuel system. And then there's another RSX that's got a rod knock. It's, like, stock. And he's like, let's go nuts. And I'm like, okay. We can do that. Right? <laughs> and then I got a, I got this uh, EK four-door that I've had since shop one. Um, uh, we're doing, like, a – dude, the guy brought me the car with nothing. Literally, there wasn't even a key to turn the, the car on. Like, Is it, like, your EG? It was, it was almost that torn down. Really? So yeah, there was nothing. Parts in the bag, like the, it was. There was a lot of shit. I mean, the car itself rolled, uh-huh. but its control arms were bent. There's no brake lines. There's no oh, fuel system. Wow. The motor wasn't in the car. The motor wasn't even fully assembled. Like there's just a lot of stuff. We've had it for about three months now, um, trying to get it done. The customer's kind of been on me a little bit. Like he misses his car, and I get it. Yeah, I totally understand. Like, yeah. Dude, three months is a lot. It's kind of on me for opening the shop, transitioning, you know, yeah. planning. Like I said, I overbooked us. Yeah. Like, bad. But also, Being I'm about having fun. Mm-hmm. I already have all my race events planned. I ain't going to stop those. You know what I mean? I can't cancel my weekend race event because yeah. I have to get this card. I mean, I could, but this that would ruin it for me. I'm in this to have fun. Yeah. So, anyways, that's a pretty cool build. Like, honestly, that one's probably one of the top ones right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that or that EK for walking. Like that thing's yeah. sick, dude. Like, right hand drive. Now it's gonna be case locked. So I already clean. caged it a little bit. It's super minty. Just got painted. Like, dude, the thing's gonna just stunt. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. gonna do them. So that, those pretty much. Like I said, we got a lot of cool shit going on. Mm-hmm. I can't really just pick one cool one, but that's we got. Well, that's always nice shit. to have that because you have so much coming in where you're just like, I can't choose exactly yeah. what I think is the best one. Yeah, okay. there's there's definitely no picking and choosing. But honestly, my favorite, if I had to pick one, I'm just going to say my DA. Yeah. So, I mean, my DA build with my brother is always going to be number one to okay. me. So That was my next question going into it. What builds you got going on right now? That. The DA? So, I mean, what's, the, what's the plan with it? I mean, let's just tell you the story about the DA. So me, 
me and my brother have been doing shit together our whole life. So he, my dad wasn't around. Um, mm-hmm. My brother was around. Um, he pretty much did everything for me, him and my mom and my oldest brother. But my middle brother, me and him, were always the closest. Yeah. Snowboard together, ride bikes together, do whatever together. So yeah. finally, we kind of had a little falling out like when I got in high school. And I think he wanted to rekindle that. So he's like, hey, I want to buy this car. Let's build a car together. I'm like, what? You like trucks and, like, you listen to country and chew. Like, <laughs> why do you want a car? Like, I ain't going to work on some Bel Air with you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm going to buy a Honda. I'm like, what, what? Now you're talking my language. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So, yeah, my buddy Mark Jeske had a Acura Integra, 1990, 100 bucks. My brother's like, what's the best motor we can put in this thing? And at that time, this is 2008, mm-hmm. K-Swaps aren't crazy no you know what i mean it's no. not it's not how it not is. everyone's doing it you know so i'm like well okay swap would be cool <laughs> and he's like fuck it thousand horsepower let's do it and i'm like hey. all right so long story short is he bought that car we bought a lot of random parts multiple times to figure out how to put a k-series in it and by the time we had a k-series in it i want to say that we were maybe the second or third one that was actually done and running oh really so, yeah, it was pretty cool. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, we had it done probably 2008, 2000, yeah, 2008, I'd say it was running and in okay. the car. Um, but we were having an issue with it not running, like, perfect, and we couldn't figure it out. Honestly, this is embarrassing, but it was three years we couldn't figure out how to get this thing to run right. Now, really? granted, now remember, I'm still in high school, and then I'm going to UTI, and me and my brother, you know, we're, we're working on it, it whenever, you know, he's busy, he's got a job, girlfriend, whatever, blah, blah. Yeah. So, we work on it when we can. He moved out, so it was even harder to work on it because it's at mm-hmm. my mom's house. Yeah. Um, so the long story short with that is I told him to go get spark plugs. This was back when we first put the motor in, so we had fresh plugs. Yeah. Well, his dumbass bought Bosch Platinum some shit that does not <laughs> work in a Civic. Like, he put those plugs in. I never even checked them. And they were the ones with the four, plong, four prongs yeah. on the end. And dude, oh. it, they just did not work in that car. I don't know yeah. why they got AutoZone sold them to them, yeah. but uh, like it's so, AutoZone. Yeah. So what would happen is the car would run, it would idle, but it'd be super rough. You'd give it gas and and I'm like, dude, I'm compression testing. I'm text like, and it's funny because I compression tested it. I took the spark plugs out. I never even looked at them. Yeah. Just put them back in. Just didn't even think about it. Finally, I said, fuck it. Let me pull the spark plugs, and I put NGKs in it. I pulled them out. I'm like, what the fuck are these? Yeah. And I'm like, what? What? I put NGKs in. I turned the fucking key. Purr's like a kitten. Three years for spark plugs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then it's running, right? And then we're like, okay, we'll talk turbo. And then at 1.6, we came up with a thing called Hump Day Honda Battle, mm-hmm. which was a Honda event that me and Mark kind of had an idea of putting on, and it was very successful. But yeah. me and my brother were like, hey, we got to make the event. Dude, we went from NA of, like, nothing, not even driving it on the street, like nothing but around the block, to full turbo in a week. Oh, what is up with you and doing these short timelines? Yeah, I don't you know. You guys, you still do it nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I learned, but my friends and family apparently didn't. Yeah. So, yeah, we built the car full turbo in a week. Stock motor. Um, made it to the dyno with Mikey. Yep. Um, we made 600 even on the dot. It was like 601 or some shit like nice. that. Was it a K20? Stock K20. Yep. K20. Stock. I'm talking like the only thing, only thing it had was an RBC intake manifold. Really? And, oh, no, no. 
we did have no yeah it had rbc well, so injectors obviously yeah, yeah obviously the fuel system and yeah. all that shit but the motor itself was pretty stock um made like i said made 580 or six no it only made 580 580 yeah 580 600 yeah about 600 anyway so my brother's first time at the track with it it went 1050 and he's never even driven a front-wheel drive car really ever like all of his cars have been rear-wheel drive and he was in the muscle cars you know shit like that yeah. so first time front-wheel drive car clicks at 1050 and i'm like holy shit dude that's awesome you know good yeah. job blah blah raced it like that for a while um a fuel pump ended up taking a shit and the car leaned out real bad and we didn't know it and it blew up trash it yep yeah um so then that's when we went crazy mm-hmm. and built the the big boy motor so, so to say you have that the trans and everything in it yeah now. full it's full full drag car i mean yeah. some people would say that you know because it's not actually sleeved that it's not fully built but it's a css come on about it that makes 940 so css piston rod um, four piston head mm-hmm. ppg dog box um yeah obviously all the supporting mods to that axles yada 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 so it makes just under just under a thousand makes 940 you think that it'll be back out next year? It's going to be out this year. This year? I'm going to make it happen. Nice. Um, it says that the rods will be back in stock August 15th. You're running those aluminum rods, right? No. No? It's still turbo toughs. Oh. Yeah. I mean, dude, I had the motor built for five years. So you might as well keep it. Why? Why, why? If I get another five years, I'll be fucking ecstatic. Yeah. So it's like, I get it, aluminum rods might last longer or whatever, but like five years is fine. You know, I'm fine with that. So... Who knows what could happen in five years? You exactly. Have something much different that you actually want to get into. It sucks. So we wanted to make it to Honda Day this year. Yeah. But Honda Day is that weekend that the rods are supposed to come back. So I'm not going to make it. But my brother loves that car so much just to see it. I have to get it out this year. I bought me and him a season pass with a combo racer. Mm-hmm. So I get to go get in the drag strip and him for yeah. free. I mean, not free, but I paid for the pass. Yeah. So, like, I really need to get the car back out just so he can just enjoy it. Yeah. I don't even – I love driving the car. Cause it's fucking insane mm-hmm. going that fast but like at the same time i just love the look on his face when i come back to the pits and he's fucking just stoked, stoked. Like, yeah. yeah it was sick you know so technically we're the third fastest da in the world right now yeah so the goal is to be number one right so yeah. we got a long way to go the fastest is 860 oh, um, but keep... we're still on a 62 mil but we're gonna get there so you're gonna keep that this year too I'm going to keep the 62 mil as long as I can. I believe that I can crack an 890 on a 62 mil. Okay. So I want to do that goal first. Is it a ball? It's ball bearing? It's journal. Journal. (laughs) You know how we do over here. You're keeping her basic. Yeah. Yeah. I I try to race what is most obtainable for my customers. Mm -hmm. So realistically, you know, I'm going to have 10 guys walk in here and maybe, you know, one of them wants to do a build. But then I'm going to have 100 guys walking here, and maybe one of them wants to use aluminum rods and do all this crazy all shit. Crazy. So I try to use the shit that's realistic. Yeah. You know, if someone wants to do a turbo-tough Wisco piston combo, like, dude, you can build my motor for pretty cheap, yeah. you know, realistically. Mm-hmm. And for me to have it last for five years is pretty damn good. Yeah. So, well, um, then even getting in the Grimace, if we talk about uh, that motor, we could have a whole other podcast about that. Yeah, my, my EK is a piston rod GSR that's got over 70,000 miles on it. So, okay. you know. Still out here. It's all about the the setup, you know, the, make sure it's built correctly and make sure it's tuned correctly. I mean, Mikey, some people have their thoughts on him, but he, he's the best, dude. Like, he is. my car is proven. You yeah. know, if he if you just give him the proper tools, which a correct build, dude, he's going to give you the best you can get. So. Yeah. Simplicity, I feel like, is best yeah. when, it comes in, when it really comes down to it. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to get away from that. Um, 
So let's go into more of what your direction and vision is for the shop. What do you kind of plan on, not saying a five-year plan, but, you know, what, what do you think? Yeah, so the vision for the shop is to build cool shit with my friends. So that's all I ever wanted to do is I just want to build cool shit with my friends. So as you keep going, that's just kind of what it's going to do and how you're going to keep building it that way. Yeah, I really don't even, I really don't even care what we're building sometimes. I... I, I look at Sheepy as like my kind of role model, right? Yeah. He started working on Hondas. Now he's building Lambos. Mm-hmm. I love fabrication. That's my specialty, right? You know, like I the fabrication stuff is the shit that I love to do, and that's what I do here yeah. the most. So like all the fab stuff is more me. A lot of the building and the other stuff is you know me and Andy and the other guys. Mm-hmm. But the fabrication stuff is mainly me. You yeah. know, Andy dabbles too, but. To be able to fabricate for higher end cars, you know, someday might be cool. Mm-hmm. It's just my love for Hondas. I feel like is never gonna go anywhere. Is never gonna go anywhere, and like because there's such a need for a shop like us that it's just gonna kind of keep us there, especially but, in the area. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a good area to have. The Honda scene here is good. You know, people mm-hmm. actually use their cars. You yeah, know, and they race them and they like to have fun with them. So, but yeah, the direction of the shop, I hope that we can just continue to provide. A place that people can be excited to go to yeah you know so as long as that's the case i don't care what kind of cars it are um obviously i don't ever plan on stepping in the domestic market hmm. if we did transition into a new car i mean low-key i kind of once i can hopefully someday buy an nsx or maybe if someone has one that wants to do some development the newer nsx i would like to maybe see if we can maybe start making some there's not much of a platform for that no but i mean you can do bolt-ons and you know a flash Mm -hmm. like with a piggyback and you can make over 700 on them so there is a market but the it's just an expensive car yeah so like 100k it's hard to it's hard to come by yeah more you know so the used they're about 100 so but it would be cool to develop some stuff for that i mean Mm -hmm. it's that's that's in the long-term future so hopefully i can hopefully honda and acura continues to make cars that are like that you know? i would love to dabble in supercars someday yeah but who knows one step at a time one, one day at a time you know one right now i'm cool building the building what we're building but yeah. i want to build what people race so yeah. if people are trying to get down in the streets with the nsx someday then hell yeah let's Bring do it, it. Man. let's do it <laughs> yeah. you know all right so then going into more of the end of this um what what does next next year's race season look like for ruds racing uh, or do you plan on getting into the GLTC and kind of doing that a little bit more? Uh, circle tracking, drifting. I know you got a few drifters that are out there for us that are sponsored. And then um, just are you, do you want to add more drivers? What do you think? Um, next year. So I, I had thought this year was going to be nuts. Yeah. I had planned on this year kind of being uh, – being like the year for us you know what i mean mm-hmm. like hey we're open we're jamming let's gonna do all these events right so we have done a lot of grid lives yeah um but i had planned to go out to honda day for the drag racing stuff i planned on doing every import wars until my motor blew up and then parts are back ordered but i had planned to do a ton of that stuff i had planned to get the drift car out you know i had planned to do all this stuff and it just didn't happen so mm-hmm. next year my my goal for the shop is to make it to those events that I didn't get to this year. Um, 
well, as far as the drag racing, I would like to get – the goal's always been to get my brother's car on Honda Day. Mm-hmm. They have a 950 class. I feel like we have a good chance of winning that. Is that the one out in Maryland as well, too? Yeah, Maryland. And they do, like, the whole East Coast. All over. Yeah, it's yeah. a couple different – it used to be New Jersey, but now I think it's just Maryland. Okay. And then I think they did one different state, like Florida or some shit one yeah. time. But we would do the Maryland one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that for drag and then – Try to support the local drag guys. I want to bring our Honda Hump Day back. Yeah, um, that'd be nice. But it's going to be more of like a roads fest, yeah. you know, type of thing. Like, I want to have drifting and, you know, the drag racing so that everyone can kind of mix together. Well, now that Great Lakes has that, yeah, pad, drip pad. that pad and everything. Dude, that pad is, I can't speak for on behalf of Great Lakes, but I feel like that pad kills it for them. So yeah. They, they do very, there's a lot of people that go and do the drifting shit, and it's just as much to drift as it is to drag race. And yeah. You know, you go out there on a Tuesday night, and there's, like, not that many people racing, but then there's still kids on the drip pad. So it's it's cool that they have that option now, and I hope yeah. they continue to, to expand that to way. expand that, which it seems like they are because they're expanding, expanding the pad bigger and all that shit. So, But with the sponsored guys, um, we could talk about them if you want. Yeah, yeah. Let's kind of get into that. I mean, you have, what, uh, two sponsored drift drivers now? Technically three. Three? Um so we'll just start off with the drift guys. So I had made a post asking if I if I had anybody that would be interested in driving for us that I could sponsor a roll cage. Mm-hmm. Um, so the deal was is that they would just have to pay for the material, and I would do the roll cage for free. Any Sweet. roll cage that they choose. So because I wanted to give back. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get back to the drifting community. Obviously. By getting my name in the drifting community, I had hoped that more drift cars would be, you know, become customers and yeah. well, obviously whatever business standpoint. Yeah. Um, but I really just wanted to support um, the drifting because, dude, no one does that shit anymore. No. Like there is no, there's no shops out there that are really supporting anything really local. I mean, a couple shops around here support the import wars um, stuff, but you know, it just doesn't seem like they're really supporting the people yeah. as much. Um, and I wanted to do something for somebody. Like mm. I thought it would be cool. Yeah. And I, so I made the post in the Facebook group. Ended up, everyone recommended this dude named Bob. Like, dude, every, literally everybody was like, Bob has to win. <laughs> Bob, 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 Bob. And I'm like, I don't know any drifters, so I was not biased at all. And I, I took the time. You gotta meet Bob. Well, I took the time to review everyone's submissions. Because mm-hmm. I said, hey, just send me a little bit about yourself, your car, um, your experience, blah, blah. Yeah. I did. I've, I probably read, no bullshit, probably 100 entries. Shit. And, yeah, it was a lot. That's a lot to go through, 100 entries. Yeah, and everyone, dude, everyone's story was cool. Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted to just obviously support them all. Yeah. Um, But just with the obnoxious amount of recommendations for Bob, I was like, fuck it. Let's just just hear Bob out. So I invited him over to the shop. And I thought I was talking to myself. Really? When he came in. I was like, are you me? (laughs) Because we were very similar in... Uh, our interests and our like our gestures i guess you'd say like we just kind of clicked um what he had told me that he was doing for the racing scene over there as far as like he's mounting tires for people if someone's breaking he's trying to help them out like he just seemed like a good fit yeah so i gave it to him um well that makes sense yeah so he got the cage he ended up getting a full fd spec cage oh sweet yeah it was pretty cool um he was my first fd full spec cage built to rules that what i car was did that in? uh he had an m3 okay um that he's still building so um if you guys want to go check out his shit it's wisco skids on youtube 
Um, I don't think he's posted in a while, but he's been going through some stuff. Um, I think he's getting it figured out, so he's starting to do the car thing again. Yeah. Um, but he's still sliding his old beater car. It's just, you know, money and stuff happens, you know. Just because he got just because he got the cage for free don't mean that, you know, Everything the car's going to fall in place, right? Yeah. So it's it's a huge build when you're trying to get to that level because he's trying to go pro-am. Oh, really? So, yeah. So that was cool to sponsor him. But So I sponsored him with that, and, you know, obviously he has the parts hookups if he ever needs it mm-hmm. with us that yeah. will continue as long as he chooses to be a positive influence in the scene mm-hmm. anyone who decides to not be positive anymore i don't want on, a, on yeah. the team so but he's still positive so um so there's him but then after he won um our other drift driver adam i remember i was in the starbucks parking lot and i read his message that said hey i'm really happy bob won he's a good dude i just want to know what i could have done to benefit myself and what what made you pick him over me? Not that I'm saying that you've made a bad decision. I just want to know mm-hmm. so maybe I can help better myself in the future. And I'm like, whoa, like that that just showed me yeah. something. Like, yo, you care this much when about somebody, drifting at GLD? Yeah, when somebody actually brings it up that way. Yeah, like, okay. It kind of just like I remember it was I it's my morning routine. I was at fucking Starbucks and I'm reading his message in the line and I'm like, damn. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. That. Let me see what I can do for you. Yeah. So I offered him um, a sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Not for a full ride like Bob got with the cage, but some, you know, I, I hooked him up. Yeah. And I also, you know, when you're a sponsored driver for us, you get discounts on parts. Yeah. So with him building the Miata, that's that's uh, good for him. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, he's super awesome, dude. Came by, talked very well, like, exactly like us. You know, he wants to help the community. Like, dude, he was telling this story on uh, the Shifting Through the Gear podcast that, you know, you listen. He was yeah. saying he took off his wheels so another guy could learn how to drift. Yeah. That's us. Yeah. I take exactly. I take my shit off all the time so people can try it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, when my car took a shit at uh, West Michigan, you let me just use yours. I was just like, right. I was telling my wife, I'm like, man, they, it's really nice to be in a group like this. Yeah. Where, because not many people would do right. that. Exactly. And the same, same happened that you did to Andy. Yeah. Andy's car broke. You let him qualify yours. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the... That was just another thing that, you know, Adam's a good dude to have. And yeah. he really, he's trying to go pro-am as well. He seems very genuine from the yeah. podcast that I listen to. He's yeah. very well-spoken. And That's exactly how like he is, too. Very genuine. When you when you, when you you meet him in person, he's exactly like how you hear him on the podcast. So he's, yeah. you know, goofy, fun, yeah. you know, just, a, just a chill dude. And he's actually my morning uh, mechanic, JR. He's, him and JR are actually really good friends. I didn't even oh, know really? that. I didn't even know that until after. So oh. <laughs> that kind of worked out. And then... Our last drift driver, Logan, he's super new. Mm-hmm. I think he said he's only been doing it for about a year. Okay. But he has the ambitious attitude, and, like, he's super cool, and he's trying to get into the YouTube stuff. So Yeah. I was like, hey, man, I'm not doing a cage for you, but I'll help you with some other shit. Like, he used to have this little trailer that he towed his tires with behind his car. <laughs> I thought that was cool. And I was like, hey, if you want to make something for your trailer, let me help you. He ended up getting a truck and stuff. But in, yeah. um, like, a bash bar or something, if he needs help, you Just know, we help thing. him out. But also with parts. You know, he gets the same deal Adam does with parts. Yeah. Um, and those guys are out there just trying to help us. You know, yeah. they recommend a lot of the drifters come to us. Um, and I do get inquiries, you know, so it, it is working. To grow their community. Yeah, to help grow the community. Because I'm just trying to help, you know. And I get the drifting community is i don't want to say you guys are on the cheaper end you know but it's it's, it's those kids drive their cars to the drift track and then they, they drift them. them so the shit's expensive when you break it so i get it yeah. you know like the money is not 
flowing you know no. it's not just like grows on trees where you can just have, pay a shop to do all this shit so drop like, a couple grand like right real quick. exactly no, so i kind of had made some packages where i try to help out with them to get a cage for cheap mm-hmm. um but i don't use shit material yeah i only use you know dom or chromoly so a lot of the kids that are buying these bolt-ins or pre-bent cages the crap on it's them. mild steel it's six hundred dollars they have their buddy welded in and it's like, dude, you just welded in mild steel EWS that's clearly in the description when you buy it off the website that says for show only. Yeah. And they're welding them in and going past tech because you a tech can't Nobody tell really, the yeah. material if you paint it. Yeah. Unless you, like, you know, had your special tools and shit and drilled a hole or whatever you got to do. Everything. But yeah, so that that's the whole drifting thing. Um, our sponsor driver for road racing is Marlo. Mm-hmm. Um, we had sponsored him a discount on his cage yeah. as well. and I He's hook, a hell of a driver. Oh, yeah. He's I, I hook him up on parts, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the dude can dude can wheel. He can drive. He just needs to get into the GLTC. So he money is an issue sometimes with buying GLTC tickets. It's $450. It's but great. he also works for Gridlife, so it's hard for him to take off of work to race. So yeah. he's going to get in there soon. I have faith. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, he's been a big help for us as far as like sponsor wise. You know, he shouts everyone out to us, and yeah. he's just a super good dude. Like genuine, you go talk to him. Like, super cool. He'll super help cool. you as much as he can, or he'll tell you to do this or whatever, and he'll try to give you as much advice as possible. So I'm happy to ha- have him running our sticker on his hood because yeah. it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. And then we don't really sponsor anything else after that mm-hmm. besides us. You know, me, yeah. you, Andy. I'm out there racing JLTC now. Um, I'm really going to try and build a competitive top of the field. And obviously, you know, being that top guy, I just don't have the time it takes yeah. to put into my personal car. I can. to mm-hmm. You know, I can build it with the best, right? But I don't have time to, to build my personal car to compete, you know, top five at GLTC. Yeah. If I can build a car that's top ten in GLTC, I feel like that's with the time constraints I have. Would be great. Would be good. So that's my goal is to build, you know, a top 10, top 15 car for next year. So my EK is something's going to happen with the motor. So someone's either going to get a come up and buy my motor that will not die <laughs> or I'm going to send that shit to the moon and then that's going to force me to case swap it for a GLTC next year. You've been trying to, you've been trying to blow that yeah, thing up for years. I don't die. think it's going to happen. I don't know. I don't maybe, maybe we'll happen. put it in your car and you blow it up from yourself. Hey, we can try that. I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. I'm we, pretty good we've at that. We've <laughs> All right. So... Basically, what we're going to get into now at the end of this is kind of the best way to get to get a hold of Ruds Racing. So basically, um, what do you think? Facebook, Instagram, um, you can go on RudsRacing.com and go through any of their websites for ordering or anything like that. Yeah, pretty much you can contact us, Facebook, Instagram, um, or call the shop. I mean, everyone used to have my, my cell which that used to be the shop number, but it's not anymore. And for anybody out there that does still have my cell phone, if you call it, I don't answer it. <laughs> so um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't save, like, anybody's numbers. Even though we're friends, I'm building cars together. I still don't save your number. Yeah. Um, I just I got too busy, and I just forgot. So, There's a lot to do. Yeah, so I don't answer that anymore. So you got to call the shop if you need something. Or hit me up on Facebook and Instagram. I'm always responding back to people. Like, my wife probably wants to stab my phone like, <laughs> pretty much every day when I go home and I'm messaging people back because that's the time of the day when I get a chance to actually sit down and do something. Sit down and do it. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that's it. We have a couple questions from people um, online. Okay. Um, just a couple. So 
pretty yeah. much the guy just asked one where you could find us well 610 bennett road elk grove village illinois that's our only location that you can physically walk in and out of um, we're here mondays and fridays 10 a.m to 6 p.m tuesday wednesday thursday we are here until four so 10 to 4 those days um i thought i was going to be open saturdays but unfortunately for all you people that eat parts on saturdays um you're just gonna have to play by ear because racing um we just do so much shit it's it's hard to say i'm going to be open so i say saturdays by appointment so give the shop a call if i answer the phone i'm here if i'm not but if i am here it's only going to be till like noon so mm-hmm. it would be from like nine to noon um, so, yeah, you can try on a Saturday if you need something. Or if you need something, just hit me up on Facebook and be like, hey, do you have this, and are you available today? If I'm not doing shit and I can just load up the family and we can go to the park afterwards, but you need a part that's at the shop, I'll stop by the shop, grab a part, whatever. So yeah, I'm, I'm here to help people as well. Yeah. So that's where you can find us. Um, Boosted John, our local famous YouTube guy, had asked, what's the funniest thing that you've ever seen on track? So, TJ, you answer this one first. <laughs> The funniest thing that I've ever seen on track. Any track. It could be drag. It could be circle track. It can be road course. I am probably going to say. Or it could just be you seen it on a track. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You don't have to be on the track and then you saw it, but at a track, like on track. Honestly, I'm probably going to say I when I saw my K-Swap go onto the drag strip with the exhaust kind of hanging off <laughs> that's i i didn't really see it but when i saw the video yeah. it was really bad so i'm pulling off so i'm i'm trying to launch this thing as hard as i can oh, yeah. and i'm launching it and i get halfway down the track and the fucking exhaust just falls off on the bag <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> all the way down the track and then i get back and they're like did you blow the motor did you blow the motor i'm like i think so i don't know what happened and we look under and it's just completely cucumbered under oh, there yeah. So, and then I, I look back at the video and I just look like an idiot because I'm wheel hopping so oh, hard man. and I'm in it and I'm look like I'm in a fishbowl. So yep. <laughs> that's, that was, I think was one of the best videos or like situations that I've seen. Okay. Um, funniest thing I've seen. Shit. I've seen a lot of stuff on track. I was about to say, you got a lot of experience. I mean, yeah, I've raced a lot of circle track and <laughs> there's some hillbillies out there that you see some funny stuff. Um, Fuck, that's a tough one, man. Who's the John? You got me on a good question here. That's I'm I'm going back to the Goblin now too. Oh, the Goblin. I'm going to the Goblin. Oh man. Uh, the Saturns and everything that. Yeah, were out there. the Goblin race probably has been the funniest thing I've seen on track. That's, Jesus. That's dude. There's 250 cars doing 250 laps At on a Rockford. quarter mile circle track. Like, dude, that that's been some shit. It's basically a fucking um. A demolition derby. Yeah, it is. It's a demolition derby for circle track. But I'll say the funniest thing I've seen on track is personally me. Um, My very first track event. um, (laughs) I guess you could say I'm part of it. But the funniest thing I've seen was I caught it on GoPro. This is our first track event. Me and my buddy Jack built this car together. My buddy Jack and my buddy Jared. We three ways split this car. We're at West Michigan Honda Meet. And it's our first time. He has Mark as a passenger. <laughs> I have no idea how the fuck he got convinced Mark to get in the passenger seat with him because we didn't Jack? do. Yeah, we didn't do beginner. We skipped straight to intermediate because we're like, we thought we knew what we were doing. We had zero clue. Anyways, I had, we had this cheap eBay aluminum shifter in it, <laughs> and he goes into um, the toilet bowl at Gingerman, okay. 
and he comes out of the toilet bowl, goes to rip fourth gear, and snaps the shifter. But his ass... Oh, no. Yeah, so I'm on GoPro. You can see the video. He clicks fourth, snaps a shifter. His dumb ass tries to put it back in. Like he, try, <laughs> like he tries to put it back on the shifter so he can continue to go. Obviously, you just snapped the shifter in half, bro. You can't put it back There's together. Nothing that it you doesn't work like that. But catching it on GoPro... It was like super funny, like yeah. just seeing him put it back in, and then like you could see on the GoPro, like Mark looks at him like, "Hey, what are you doing?" <laughs> and he's like putting the shifter, and it's like just imagine watching, you know, a funny thing with no sound. You know, you're just like, "What are these people doing?" Yeah, it's like, ah, uh, that was funny. It's like that video that I saw with your brother when the steering column came off. Oh my god! And he was like holding it up and still yeah. driving. I'm like, you what know, is this guy doing right now? This, the steering wheel <laughs> lock let loose at 150 going through the traps at Great Lakes, and you know. When you're driving a drag car, the steering wheel is pretty heavy, so it was going up and down and going crazy. That was that was yeah, a good one. That, that was, was a pretty good one. good one. So yeah, those are the only two questions we had. From unless I see some stuff, let me just look. Yeah, I don't. Well, maybe. Nope. I think that's it. Well, so. we're gonna have plenty of other ones. We're gonna keep posting before each podcast as well, too, so that at the end we'll do some live questioning and stuff like that. But if that's all we got, we just want to say thank you to all the listeners. Um, feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or you can always find us on roadsracing.com, which will you'll be able to get all your fast parts going for you. Um, we are open to any suggestions for the podcast. would be greatly appreciated. Or if you'd like to join us on an upcoming podcast, please send us a message, and we'll be able to work something in yeah, for I you. Yeah, I mean, hit us up. We're, we, this podcast is going to kind of be this this exact one like episode one is more or less just to give you guys my background right you know it's kind of just to tell you where i came from what i did how tj is now a part of our team um just to kind of you know a lot of people want to know my story and i mean oh, i don't say a lot of people but maybe like two people in the world want to know my story but <laughs> for those two people for those two people out there now you know kind of like where it's heading. and if you have more questions you want to come in and talk to me about it then let's do it or if you want me to cover something else on a podcast you want to know more about me and my brother building the car, the specs. You know, we can do pretty much whatever you want to talk about. So, yeah, that's uh, that's cool. But also the podcast is more going to realistically be based on how we can get you guys into racing more than just what you're used to. So I have a lot of customers that come in here that are just street guys. Yeah. But, like, if they would just maybe understand how to get onto the road course – their life like yours well that's could, how i started could be changed same with andy yeah. i mean did andy went to west michigan and his, now look at him he's balls deep in hondas has multiple yeah and you know he loves it you know mm-hmm. he rekindled the fire for him so we're gonna we're gonna try to do our best to say hey like you're going circle track racing for the first time tomorrow i mean <laughs> i know you're oh yeah. wait saturday, saturday not tomorrow saturday, but saturday. you're going saturday i'm we know you're nervous so hey. Fairly, it's your first time. Fairly, so we're going to be able to tell you after this. So the next episode will most likely be on circle tracking. We're going to talk about what you had to do to get there, mm-hmm. what we had to do yesterday to your car to make sure that it was okay. I mean, you always have to do something in your car every time. Yeah. But also how to get in. How What did you have to pay? How did you pay? Who did you talk to? How did you do this? How did you do that? That way, when someone wants to go do it, they have the confidence to go do it. Yeah. So we're going to cover shit like that. Obviously, drag racing is probably not going to get covered so much because that's pretty easy we'll we'll probably do a small yeah. little episode on it but you go to drag ship you pay your money you get in and you go. go to the staging lines you go yeah um but we'll cover like- it to kind of give people a little bit more confidence but like the, we're more talking about the racing that's like the road course the circle track Hot laps, you know the drifting you know stuff yeah. like that you know and also 
we're going to try to stay up on current events. So yep. the plan is like, hey, someone's killing it in GLDC. Let's talk about it because maybe someone gives a shit. So, yeah. Or the local drifters are going to a different event at US Air. Let's get them on. Let's talk about how their event went. Let's see how they're doing in the standings. Let's see how they're, you know, they're progressing. They're growing. Let's just this is just to talk about the local people like this is and try to help everybody out to see exactly that the scene is not that hard to get into right. as many people think yeah as they're it scared is. Yeah, yeah it's it's really not that hard and it technically is not that expensive right i mean if you have a good platform for it you can get into it right it's just kind of taking that leap and being able to see it so we're hoping that this podcast will show everybody that like hey you know what these guys are doing it on a budget they can do it so yeah. well, let's try to jump into it and you know contact us let us know if you have any questions about it if you're unsure about something contact us we can always figure something out right. me myself probably won't be the best contact but well, i can get it over to exactly. dj and or, we'll figure it out or call the shop dude someone calls me and says hey i want to go racing like uh, i have a customer that's never road course before and he thought he needed this elaborate cage and this and that and i came in and we kind of laid it out like hey you don't need shit no. your car's good let's go race take a camera out there you'll yeah, be all right it don't matter so I mean, we're doing a crazy cage for him anyways, but he, <laughs> he didn't need it, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just we're just going to try and help everyone to go. And if anyone has any questions, that's something for us to talk about on that, that a yeah. topic that you want me to cover or whatever, me and TJ to talk about and bullshit, then, you know, just tell us. You yeah. know, we're here to help. That's and, it. And if anybody wants to do some type of live podcast, just let us know as well. We can try to bring things into it. We can do those type of situations where if you have just random one-off questions, right. it's very easy for us to set up that type of situation for you guys. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely able to do kind of pretty much anything. So yeah. Yeah. we're just trying to use this, you know, let people in this. It's going to be, a, it's going to be a platform. The reason why it's unlocked is to hopefully unlock everybody's, you know, attitude towards what it takes to get, to a racetrack a lot of people yeah a lot of people think like i look at it as like it's a locked gate you know like ah how do i get into that how do i do that everyone thinks oh i gotta go to grid life that event sells out in 10 minutes yeah so yes you need to go to grid life it's an awesome event but does it need to be your first event probably not no you know what i mean so that's that's what we're here for like we're going to talk about the local events that like super chill that's like hidden little little gems you know so there's plenty of stuff i'm not going to spoiler it for now but mm-hmm. if anyone needs to know, like, hey, if you want to go racing next week, I promise I can find you an event yeah. somewhere, some way, and I'll make it happen. You They're can ask, everywhere. You can ask anybody. There's no excuses for not racing when you come to Rhodes Racing because I'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, I will make sure whatever it takes to get you on track, we're going to make it happen. So yeah. that's pretty much it. All right. So we're going to be signing off here. I hope everybody enjoyed everything. Again, if you guys have any questions, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or RodsRacing.com. Feel free to call the shop and we'll be able to answer any questions for you. Hope you guys enjoy. Later.